your name, son? Blake, sir. You got something you want to ask me, Officer Blake? It's about that night, this night, eight years ago, the night Dent died. Last confirmed sighting of the Batman. He murders those people, takes down two SWAT teams, breaks Dent's neck, and then just vanishes. I'm not hearing the questions. Now you want to know who he was? I know exactly who he was. He was the Batman. There's a storm coming. You sound like you're looking forward to it. I'm adaptable. Why didn't you just kill me? Your punishment must be more severe. What are you? I'm Gotham's reckoning. But Gotham is passionate. You have my permission to die. Welcome to Sweet Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mac Masunas. How's everybody doing today? Oh, man, I'm telling you, I'm not doing so great. Had a bad, bad day today. But uh, you know what, though? Uh, I got to push through because this is the time that we've been waiting for, the final episode in the Batman retrospective series, The Dark Knight Rises. It's finally come, and uh, and it's time to finally speak. I know originally I said I was going to get this out on, on Friday, but uh, I thought I would just kind of wait a little bit, kind of sit, think, soak in the movie, get some more opinions, read some stuff online, just get the overall feel of the film, and hear back, you know, hear from you guys, get your feedback. So I thought it was the perfect time to record at this point in time. However, before we continue on with the show, before we do anything that we normally do on STL, uh, let's take some time. And, uh, and give our, our love, respect, thoughts, and prayers out to uh, families that are affected by the uh, senseless and evil shootings over in Aurora, uh, Aurora Colorado. A um, bunch of people went to go see The Dark Knight Rises at midnight Thursday. I'm sure you know the story. And we all know how a deranged lunatic decided for kicks he was going to open fire and ended up killing 12 people and injuring over 58 people. And it's just been a horrible story. There's no details that I can give you that you haven't heard of already. So before we get into our normal episode of STL and we get rolling into the review of The Dark Knight Rises, I just want to take a moment of silence for the, uh, for the victims and the family involved.
Okay, and uh, and we're back. And uh, the good news is is that they did catch the guy that did this. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this guy will be put away for a long time. But uh, you know, let's get over. Um, you know, let's let's get over the gloomness of what had happened and that tragedy. And uh, and we will uh, we will prevail. And uh, and people will heal. And uh, we'll never forget. But uh, it's just, it's horrible. But the great news, though, is that they were able to find the guy and, uh, and he's behind bars. So, so guys, uh, I'm excited to be talking to Dark Knight Rises. And uh, before we get into the review and finally finish up this great Batman series that I've been having a blast with, let's get into some movie and music news. <laughs> Alright, so for our first bit of movie news, uh, due to the tragedy, uh, Warner Brothers uh, did not want to release the box office uh, numbers until Monday in order to pay respect to all the families involved. So, of course, there was gloom over this film. You know, there was a lot debating whether they should go see the film in the theater, which is obviously reasonable. And then there were other ones that said, you know, I'm not going to let nothing hold me down. Lucky for me... um, I did not go to the midnight show. I went to the first one Friday morning, so that way I could avoid all the spoilers. Now, in my theater experience, there was only about like maybe 21 people in there. But, uh, you know, they weren't really concerned too much about the box office. They knew that uh, it would hurt a little bit. But essentially, there was about $249 million worldwide was made on the film. Uh, in just the three days, which uh, it did set a record. Uh, It's actually the best opening ever for a 2D title, which beat The Dark Knight uh, uh, 158.4 million uh, opening. And it's actually the third biggest debut debut overall domestically, trailing right behind The Avengers and then Harry Potter and The Deathly Hallows Part 2. So internationally, the film earned 88 million. And then it combined IMAX with 4.8 million overseas. So that's how we get our total number there. Which, despite the whole tragedy, is not is not too bad at all. And some of the trailers that were shown, uh, I actually got to see the uh, total, well, the Man of Steel trailer. Which, of course, if you want to hear all the details on that, you can just uh, head over to Flix. They just recently did a whole bunch of Comic Con news with uh, good old movie mojo monthly james sin and brian and uh, it was an excellent episode so go check that out and then also uh, they recently reviewed as well the dark knight rises and then i know jason will be reviewing that uh, for flicks 
which will be coming out with Danny as well. Danny from Film and Focus will be joining. So it ought to be a very interesting conversation. But I saw the Born, uh, the Born Legacy trailer. Looks really good, man. I think Jeremy Renner is going to be a good fit. I like the fact of how they're doing it, kind of setting it in the same time frame as the other movies. I think is really cool. Kind of excited about it. Uh, the trailer was very, 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 very good. Now, there was actually one trailer that was actually pulled. Uh, I believe it was called uh, Gangster Town, where Emma Stone is actually in the film. And uh, it's kind of like a, a gangster flick. However, uh, there's one scene where they go into a movie theater and they start shooting it up, which obviously, of course, would be why they went ahead and pulled that trailer from the movie, of course. You know, it makes perfect sense. Now, be on the lookout for The Expendables 2. I went ahead and saw that trailer as well. I'm pretty pumped up. Uh, it's going to have, uh, you know, there's kind of a joke running around. It's actually going to be a hard R movie now. Originally, it was scheduled for PG-13, and it was more or less because Chuck Norris said, hey, I'm not going to be in the film unless you make a PG-13. And the kind of running joke is that, sure, go ahead, film your scenes, and then we'll tell them later we're going to change it to an R. I have no problem with that. I'm actually excited for that. I just hope that the movie, if uh, as long as it's just as good as the first one, if not better, I'm going to be excited. We got some Jean-Claude Van Damme in there. He's the villain. We got some Schwarzenegger and Willis getting some more screen time. It's going to be fun. So I cannot wait for The Expendables 2. It comes out a day before my anniversary. So I am super pumped. Now, now there is a spinoff in the works currently. If you uh, like the movie Despicable Me, there's currently uh, they're currently working on it. The same guy that wrote the movie Puss in Boots, he is currently working on the script as well. So kind of excited for that. I like that movie. It's going to be some good times. And last but not least in movie news, we have some Freddy Kruegers joining RoboCop. Yes, now... Not talking Robert England, I'm talking the new revised Freddy Krueger, Jackie Earl Haley. And as far as I know of the role he's set up for is to play this guy named Maddox. He's going to be like a military trainer to Robocop, uh, you, but I guess more of like Murphy version than obviously Robocop. So it's going to be good. I'm excited. Can't wait for it. This uh, Robocop remake is turning out to be uh it's gonna it's gonna be pretty awesome as far as i know of the movie is set to release in august of 2013 all right now in music news uh, i only have one bit of news and uh, it's pretty important um the uh if you remember jennifer hudson jennifer hudson originally came from american idol and then uh, she ended up uh, becoming real famous and uh, winning an oscar she was in that movie with Beyonce and then at one point uh, she became the Weight Watchers uh, spokesperson so a lot of people know who Jennifer Hudson is now Jennifer Hudson was actually from Chicago uh, the south side of Chicago where I'm from she was on the Ingle she was from Inglewood now uh, the killers of her relatives because uh, if you remember there was a story where her mother her brother and her seven-year-old nephew they were actually uh, gunned down and uh, today, the killers uh, have received three life sentences for what has been going on. So justice has been served, and uh, it's good to finally have the story resolved for Jennifer. Uh, I really enjoy her. I think she's really great. And, uh, and I know it's not happy music news, but I thought it was pretty important that needed to be, uh, to be addressed. And uh, that's it, guys, for movie and music news. Let's get into some TV news. Too much TV. That's what my mother tells me. Okay, now in TV news, uh, boy, this is just a depressing episode, isn't it? 
but I do have to report, though, today there was just news that uh, the Jefferson star, Sherman Hemsley, uh, is, uh, died at the age of 74. Uh, the Jeffersons was definitely a pivotal, uh, remarkable show, uh, very popular. I mean, I even remember it as a kid. And uh, he has died of natural causes. He died in his home in El Paso, Texas. Uh, so we will ever, uh, forever love this guy. He was George Jefferson on All in the Family and the Jeffersons. So this guy, he was just a wise cracking, just real, uh, real popular guy. And uh, the Jeffersons ran for about 11 years, and it had one of the most beloved theme songs in all of television history. Uh, followed by the uh, the end of the Jefferson run, uh, Helmsley went on to star in another sitcom, which was Amen, which I did watch him in that. I thought it was pretty cool. He plays this uh, he plays like a paternal deacon fry, so it was it was good stuff. So uh, in response to uh, to Sherman, uh, we're gonna go ahead and end the TV news with the theme song to. Uh, the Jeffersons, and then uh, after that, we will roll right into uh, the trailer, and then we'll roll right into the review of uh, The Dark Knight Rises. So stay tuned. nothing here for you except pain and tragedy. Bruce? Took quite a fall, didn't we, Master Bruce? And why did we fall, Bruce? So we can learn to pick ourselves up. I was meant to inspire good. 
Not madness, not death. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Gotham, we have not abandoned you. What does that mean? It means we're on our own. You see only one end to your journey. Sometimes a man rises from the darkness. What now? Given them everything. Not everything. Not yet. I'm not afraid. I'm angry. The Dark Knight Rises. In theaters and IMAX July 20th. Alright guys, The Dark Knight Rises time. Now, I'll tell you this. Uh, I'm going to do the first part of this review as a non-spoiler review. So, for those of you who have not seen the film yet, but you want to listen in, this will be a non-spoiler part. And then what I'm going to do is, I'm going uh, to end my review, and then uh, I'm going to take a little break. And then when I come back, I'm going to go full-blown spoilers uh, give my opinion, all that good stuff, and then we'll roll in emails. And keep in mind, the emails obviously are going to have spoilers in them. So please make sure that after you hear my non-spoiler review, that you stop the recording and you head on over to your local theater and you go see The Dark Knight Rises. So let's get into the non-spoiler section of this review. Okay, so The Dark Knight Rises. Now, uh, this obviously had a big old marathon going on where you could see Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and then uh, The Dark Knight Rises in your local theater. Most of the uh, most of the theaters were doing that. My theater was actually doing that, especially being a small town. I was a little bit surprised, and I was really debating whether I wanted to go. Each movie was about five bucks, and that's for Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. But I was like, well, do I really want to sit in the theater? And knowing the fact of The Dark Knight Rises was like three hours long, I was like, man, I don't know if I could sit in the theater from 6 p.m. until 3 a.m. and then go to work the next day. So I ended up staying home and I put in the Blu-rays and then the wife and me watched some Batman Begins and then The Dark Knight. And then I fell asleep about 9.30 and then woke up the next morning, found out about the terrible tragedy that had happened. And, uh, and then... I was I was kind of worried my wife didn't want to go, but uh, there was this really great story about stand up, rise, and go see The Dark Knight Rises this weekend. You know, don't be afraid to let some douchebag, uh, psychopath stop you from going. And, uh, and as horrible as this whole situation is, I mean, you know, we have the, the horrible gloom of Heath Ledger's death on The Dark Knight, and then we have this horrible tragedy 
which is just so horrible. I mean, it's like it's like the crow all over again, you know, like the Dark Knight curse, if you will. It's just so sad and and uh, it's just so horrible that someone thought it was just a great idea to go into a movie theater and just start killing people. But uh, but like I said before, you know, all my uh, all my thoughts and prayers goes out to all you guys and, and the victims and everybody affected out there. And uh, and I'm just I'm just really. Uh, I'm really happy they caught the guy, but uh, I'm definitely devastated for everybody involved. And it's just put kind of a gloom on this film. You know, the film itself is supposed to be entertainment. Uh, I mean, it's obviously a dark film, but uh, it's supposed to be an entertainment value. It's supposed to be a place for you to go and escape, and something like this has to happen. But uh, overall, though, it's kind of hard to talk about this film without getting in the spoilers because, you know, this movie was so hush-hush. Christopher Nolan did such a great job of not giving you anything. I mean, any trailer he would show you would actually have you ask more questions than get answers. And uh, there's been a lot of reviews posted. I've purposely stayed away from them. So, you know, I originally was going to review this on Friday, you know, after I'd seen the film. However, I thought maybe I should wait a little bit because I had such an afterglow of seeing this. I figured I should just kind of wait and and just kind of think about it. And, you know, this movie definitely requires two viewings. You have to see it twice to get everything. Uh, I mean, obviously, it requires more than just two. Just like The Dark Knight, it rewards you for every time you see it. But you got to see it twice. Because if you don't, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. Which, in that aspect, is a bad thing. Because, you know, you want to be able to capture everything in your first experience. But these movies are so detailed. It's so hard to be able to catch everything on your first time through. So, I guess the best way I can kind of explain the story to you... Without giving anything away, uh, if you don't know already, the film takes place about eight years later from The Dark Knight. And uh, there's this new act that's been implemented. It's called the Dent Act, which, uh, of course, Commissioner Gordon has uh, been eating away inside because he knows this is all based on a lie. But essentially, uh, due to nobody finding out about what Harvey Dent did at the end of The Dark Knight, you know, Batman has officially gone into retirement, gotten out of the way. And uh, because of this Dent Act, it was able to lock up a bunch of uh, criminals. And um, all of the uh, violent and organized crime is pretty much gone in Gotham City. So it's been just a, a peaceful time. And uh, and Commissioner Gordon is just having a hard time dealing with the fact that every, all this has been happening because of a lie. And Bruce Wayne is kind of like a Howard Hughes. He's uh, essentially gone into, if you will, hiding. I mean, he's been in his house. Wayne, Wayne Manor is rebuilt, just as you would expect, uh, you know, as they promised you in Batman Begins. Because keep in mind, this is supposed to be full circle The Batman Begins. So you really need to see Batman Begins before you go see this film. But Bruce Wayne, you know, you've seen him in the trailers. He's got the cane. Uh, really, it's uh, it's to show you he's to, he's sustained a bunch of injuries. Um, you'll actually find out how severe his injuries actually are uh, in a, a little bit later in the film. But uh, in reality, the death of Rachel and uh, basing everything on a lie is just really eating Bruce Wayne up inside 
and it's kind of made him just a, a recluse individual who just wants to stay away. So, you know, as as much as Batman's gone, so is Bruce Wayne. And then Alfred, uh, Alfred's great, and of course he's trying to convince Bruce to live again, even though he's alive, he's not living. And then uh, we get introduced to Bane right in the beginning. If you've seen the prologue. If you went to Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, they attach the prologue, which, of course, Bane is introduced. And Bane's voice is definitely great. Now, you're probably wondering, what's my thoughts on Bane? I thought Bane was excellent. Um, he was just, he's really good. The voice, I would say maybe about 8%, 5 to 8% of the time, I had a hard time understanding. But I like that, though. It makes you, as the moviegoer, focus you know, everything's not spoon-fed to you. You actually have to pay attention to what is on the screen. Now, granted, there's, you know, Hans Zimmer's music is is fascinating. It's extraordinary. I love it. It's the best score of, of the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, you know, the Dark Knight Rises score is just amazing. It kills Batman Begins. It kills the Dark Knight score. It's just great. The chant, I just love that chant. That chant's so awesome. But there's a couple times where the music was a little too loud to where it kind of overpowered uh, Bane's voice. But all in all, though, for the main parts, you, you pretty much understood what was going on. And uh, and then we get introduced to uh, Selena Kyle. And uh, Anne Hathaway does an amazing job. This is my favorite Catwoman to date on screen. Uh, they said she would steal the show. She was so close to stealing the show. It was great. Now, of course, they don't actually reference her as Catwoman in the film. It's just Selena Kyle. Everything is actually explained in regards to uh, her goggles. So it kind of looks like she has cat ears and she's just a cat burglar. And uh, I can't really get into her story too much. But um, to kind of give you a, a little a little hint of things, uh, the League of Shadows comes back into play. In this film, I'm not going to tell you how it comes into play, but you know, it comes full circle with Batman Begins, so they, it comes into play in a big way. So, you really have to pay attention. And, uh, and there's been a lot of great reviews for this film. I'd say for every 20 great reviews, then there's maybe two or three that don't like it, which I guess is just an average, uh, you know, is the normal consensus. Not everybody in the, in the whole entire world is going to like the same film. Obviously, The Dark Knight has received better reviews. But the thing with this film that you have to realize is that it's a bookend movie. You know, uh, it's it's the end of a series. It's the end of a, of a trilogy. You know, Back to the Future Part 3 doesn't work well without Part 1 and Part 2, obviously. You know, this movie doesn't stand on its own. Just like uh, Batman Begins is a standalone film, The Dark Knight is a standalone film, even though they go together. Dark Knight Rises really isn't a standalone film. You need both uh, of the films, but most importantly, you need Batman Begins. I mean, this is more of a sequel to Batman Begins than it's a sequel to The Dark Knight. You feel the after effects and the afterglow of The Dark Knight in this film. But really, everything comes full circle with Batman Begins. All right, now, of course, we have some uh, returning favorites. Uh, we have Commissioner Gordon is back. Uh, he's just as great uh, as always. They actually give him kind of an interesting story kind of towards the end of the film. Uh, we have Michael Caine is obviously Salad as Alfred. And we have Morgan Freeman back as Lucius Fox. I mean, anything with Morgan Freeman is just gold. We do have a new character, though. Jordan uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is John Blake. And John Blake is essentially this young police officer 
who uh, who kind of works side by side with Commissioner Gordon, eventually gets promoted, and uh, and John Blake is really really great character. I'm not gonna talk too much about him. We have another new character, which you know at the end of the series, you're like, oh my gosh, you're introducing another character, but everything works. Uh, Miranda Tate, who's played by Marion uh, uh, Cadillard, if I'm saying her name right, I hope so. And uh, and it, it's really really great um, as far as the the battles go between Batman and Bane is just as great as you can imagine. Uh, I could definitely say my heart was in my hand with watching this film. I was more emotionally invested in this film. Now you guys know that I love Batman Begins the best out of the series. You know it's my second favorite film of all time. I've debated very uh, you know I've just spent hours upon hours thinking. Do I like this the best? Uh, is this the best of the whole entire series? You know, the, what's great about this series is that each movie can totally replace the other one. You know, when I was watching this back-to-back and I was watching Batman Begins, I'm like, yeah, this is my favorite. And then I watched The Dark Knight and I'm like, ooh, I don't know. You know, this part's better, this part's better, this part's better. So I'm just like, geez, you know, is it better than Batman Begins? And then when I watched The Dark Knight Rises, I was like, wow, this is just so flippin' amazing. And of course, I had like an afterglow. So I, I really sat back, reevaluated uh, how I felt. And, and I could still say that uh, this is my favorite of the series. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, now, there are a few flaws in the film. Uh, there's been various people that have pointed out plot holes. Me personally, when I've been uh, when I've read those plot holes, uh, if, by the second viewing, you're actually able to see uh, those plot holes actually filled in. Now, of course, every movie has a plot hole or a mistake. I mean, it's just there's not a perfect movie on the face of the planet. But for me, you know, perfection at first will come with how much fun, how much was I able to escape in the film. And then everything else comes into play after that emotions and and thoughts and performances and everything else at that point in time. I love it. It's great. Now, as far as things that I don't really like, a lot of that's going to be in the spoiler section. I know one of the things asked is, uh, how was the ending? You know, what did you think? Uh, Obviously, the ending was just a lot of people have just said that it, it was really great. Even the people that may have had problems with the film uh, do like the ending. And uh, and I had no problem with it. I really enjoyed it. My heart was definitely in my hands. I was very excited to see the way that the movie ends. I mean, this this film is definitely, as it promised, the legend ends. So there's definitely a close on, on the series and, uh, you know, there's talks about, well, could this happen or could this happen? Of course, you know, there's always a way that things can can continue on. But for this actual film, you do get an ending to the Dark Knight legend. So we won't go into how that happens, but just kind of take your imagination and just kind of throw it away because what happens is something even better. It's very, very cool. But of course, I'll get into that in the spoiler section of the film. Uh, overall, the uh, the film was you know almost three hours long. It uh, it felt like an hour and a half though. It definitely did not feel very long. Things move pretty fast. As far as things that were confusing, you know, in the very beginning, if you see in the prologue, you'll see uh, Bane taking some blood sample. Uh, from some guy well really uh, just so you know that's in regards to a doctor that's going to be used later on in the film he's actually going to show up during the scene where they blow up 
the football field. So that happens about an hour later, so make sure you keep an eye out for that guy. It's not a spoiler, but it's just something for you to look at because you'll be like, what the hell is going on uh, during the during the breakout? Uh, there's a, a very interesting twist in regards to what they do with Bruce Wayne, in regards to uh, Wayne Enterprises, and uh, it's just a lot of great stuff. Like I said, it's in the spoiler section. Uh, it's going to have to be because of the fact of there's just a lot of things in this film. If I talk about it, it's going to spoil for you. So I would just say that if you haven't seen the film yet, go see it in a theater. You know, especially if you are a big IMAX person, and because you know the screen is going to be humongous. Uh, everything comes into play with Batman Begins. So make sure you watch Batman Begins. Pay close attention because a lot of things pay off that happen in Batman Begins. It's a great bookend. Like I said, it's like Back to the Future 3 where you know it's a, it's a really good film, but it doesn't work by itself. You need the other two. And, uh, and as far as uh, where does it stand in the trilogy, uh, there's a lot of people that say number two is the best, number one's the best. You know, all in all, it doesn't really matter. Uh, as long as you enjoy the film, me personally, I would I would put it at at the top at this moment in time as my favorite, just because of how much I I really enjoyed the film, how it met all my expectations. I love the ending. I love uh, the things that happened in this film, and uh, Catwoman was great. Bane was a great way to end this series with uh, with a great villain and it didn't matter if you couldn't understand everything because that's why you need to re- to watch it again uh he's more menacing that way and the, here's what's great about bane is the fact of you have this big badass guy and he comes out with this real calm like british uh voice so it's like that's kind of what makes him more scarier and is the fact of how calm his voice is you know but in a second, he could take your throat and rip it out. You know, I mean, that's just the kind of guy that you're dealing with here. So, uh, so good stuff. Uh, if you're wondering about if Batman's back gets broken, like in the comics or anything like that, you'll have to check it out in the spoiler section. But uh, I highly recommend you do not go to the spoiler section because this movie cannot be spoiled for you. You have to go watch it for yourself. So uh, I'm going to take a little break. And when I come back, I will talk about the, the spoiler section, which I'll, I'll really get into the plot of the film during the uh, the spoiler section and just give my overall thoughts and feelings of the film. But just as a non-spoiler version of this review, I just wanted to say I love it. I gave it five stars, and it is not perfect. Uh, of course, it's not. Uh, I would say, in fact, Batman Begins uh, is probably, you know, Batman Begins in a Dark Knight is probably better than this film. The majority of people say so. I love it. I would watch it over Batman Begins in a Dark Knight just because of how much I love the film. But I do recognize the, you know, the people that say that they love the other two over this one. That's great. I have no problem with that. You know, that's great. You know, but if you if you hate this film, that sucks because, uh, you know, that's one less Batman film that you get to love and cherish. And I'm, I'm just happy enough that I have three great Batman films that I can throw in an afternoon and watch and be completely satisfied. I absolutely love it. I think Christopher Nolan hit it out of the park. I think he topped The Dark Knight 
but at the same time, uh, expectations, you know, you're dealing with the Joker who is just a great villain. It's just a different vibe. You can't really compare this movie to The Dark Knight because it's two completely different movies. Just like The Dark Knight and Batman Begins. The Dark Knight was a crime drama. It wasn't really a crime drama in Batman Begins. Same thing with this one. This is a war movie. You know, you had a crime drama in part two and you have a war movie in this one. You really can't compare the two. But uh, they all equally tell a great story. It it works perfectly if you if you do it in one sitting. So and and one of the cool things about the whole eight year gap, you know how you just uh, you were so infatuated with Bruce Wayne and like when Batman shows up, it was like ah oh, Batman finally shows up. They do that to you twice. They do it for you because uh, he takes an eight year gap. So when he does show up, you're just like you got a big smile on your face and you're like cheering. And then uh, later on in the film, uh, he'll show up again. And uh, and the way he shows up is different than the way he showed up the first time. So you're just like, yeah, that's awesome. So overall, I give it five stars based more on a fun factor of uh, how emotionally invested I was. Now, don't get me wrong. The film isn't fun. I mean, it's very, uh, very depressing. It's very, uh, very hardcore. There's very little humor in the film. Uh, but it's great story, great storytelling, a lot of characters, uh, but each one is balanced out. And uh, in a way, uh, there isn't a lot of Batman and Bruce Wayne. But you know what? This is supposed to be the ending of the story. Bruce Wayne is human. The guy is 40, almost 40 years old. He can't go on forever. You can't expect Batman and Bruce Wayne to be in every single scene. It's not going to happen. So for me, I had no problem with it, and uh, and it just pays off for when Batman is on screen and when Bruce is on screen. It just pays off, and Christian Bale does the the best performance of Bruce Wayne uh, ever since since he's I mean he's definitely in in the zone. And as far as like his Batman voice, there was only one time where I couldn't understand what he said, but that's just because the music was so flipping loud, and that was towards the end of the film. So uh, go check it out. I love it. It's my favorite film of uh, 2012, followed by The Amazing Spider-Man. I I love The Amazing Spider-Man. And then after that would be Avengers. Those would be my three favorite films of 2012 so far. Go check it out. I flip and love it. So uh, when I come back, I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, this will be the spoiler section. So those of you, be warned. Do not listen if you don't want to be spoiled. If you just want to skip to the music spotlight, Go ahead and skip to the music spotlight. Otherwise, uh, I will see you guys on the next episode when I come back. And uh, when I come back, I'm going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, It's not going to be too long, though. But I I just need about a week or two off just to kind of recuperate from such a long and and so, uh, you know, heartfelt reviews that I put in this, all the emotion stuff. It's just a lot of hard work. Uh, But when I come back, going to be doing cool as ice and cool as ice is going to be flipping awesome now here's the thing with cool as ice uh, a lot of you out there have probably never seen the film or you know it's just a humongous guilty pleasure because it's vanilla ice movie if you've never seen this film make sure you are in the group i will post links to this movie if you cannot find it because it is kind of hard to find i'm going to upload the movie on the sweep delay podcast youtube channel so that way you'll be able to check out this film i'll let everybody know hey i'm going to be reviewing uh, on this day 
So go ahead and watch the movie. That way everybody can enjoy it. And it's just going to be a really fun episode. Even if you don't watch the film or you don't like the film, you need to check the episode out anyways because I got some really cool stuff planned for you. It's going to be really fun. And then after Cool as Ice, we're going to get into some really good reviews. We're going to be doing some never-ending story. We're going to be doing some Flight of the Navigator, some Zombieland uh, it's going to be super fun. And then after that, uh, we're going to be starting a new voting system, which I'll, I'll get into more further details on that in the next couple of weeks. But just know that in order to be a part of the voting system, you need to be part of the group page on Facebook because that's where all the hardcore STL members are located. So, guys, uh, I really thank you for checking out the episode. Uh, I hope you liked my non-spoiler review. Go check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. I don't think this is a love it or hate it film. I just think it depends on... uh, you know your love of the other two. I think you'll be very. I think you'll be very satisfied. I can't guarantee you're gonna love it over the other two. If you do, that's just icing on the cake. But I, you have to see it though to see how the how the film ends, the conclusion to the story. So uh, so let's take a little break and then I'll catch you guys in the spoiler section.
right, guys, it's the spoiler section. Now, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the film, stop. What are you doing? Run away. Stop. Pause. Run. Do whatever you need to do. Just stop listening because I am not going to stop spoiling this film. If you are listening, you haven't seen the film, please stop. But otherwise, for those of you that are listening, obviously, I'm going to assume you've seen this. So, uh, man, there's just there's we, we can't deny the fact there's just so much crap happening in this film. I mean, you really have to see this twice to be able to get it all. So let's talk a couple different things. So uh, obviously this takes place eight years after the event of uh, the Dark Knight. So Gotham City is in a state of peace. And uh, due to the Dent Act, which uh, obviously happened because of the end of uh, the Dark Knight and uh, Commissioner Gordon... You know, he's he's tore up. It's a good way to start the film, picking right up. And, you know, he and the police have helped eradicate violent and organized crime. But, of course, he feels guilty about the cover-up that happened with the Harvey Dent crimes. And uh, he decides that the, the city should hear about it. So he's got everything, you know, written out uh, speech-wise. But then he kind of changes his mind at the last minute and then decides that the city's just not, you know, ready to hear his speech. Which, you know, I, I kind of like that. Uh, but, of course, we know that it ends up in the hands of Bane, uh, who, you know, will discover the truth, of course. Uh, and later, uh, I like what I like about Commissioner Gordon in this is that, uh, you know, he later is kind of almost like a bad guy. You know, we get introduced to John Blake. Uh, he's this, uh, you know, he's this patrol officer. Uh, who gets promoted to detective working with uh, with Gordon because Gordon goes to investigate this congressman that uh, ends up missing. There's like an abduction and he goes down to the sewer where he knows Bane is. And then at one point he actually gets shot as he's trying to escape. So I, I like the fact John Blake, I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt at first I thought was going to be like a bad guy, but I love the fact of he wasn't i was a little bit pissed though because i thought commissioner gordon was going to be the whole time in in the bed so i'm really glad that they changed that later on but what i like is the fact of you know blake looks up to him like you know that's like his hero outside of batman of course and then when he finds out that the whole dent act is fake and that he lied and everything he's so disappointed in him and just talks to him about his disappointment i just i really like that it was kind of an interesting twist on the character you know each person gets down and out in this movie at some point and everybody kind of rises up in in a way you know we have alfred that uh that gets sunk and comes back you know at the end and then we have gordon who kind of falls and comes back i mean every character almost seems like they fall and come back uh, Bane though I mean obviously the only thing I don't like about Bane is the fact of uh, I mean we got to admit 9% of the time you know 5 to 9% of the time it was hard to understand him, but I like that though I mean Tom Hardy was great the only thing I didn't like was the fact of I knew what his mask did but they don't explain that in the film they talk about you know him getting beat up protecting uh, you know Talia later on in the film but they don't go into fact of you know what each what his mask what his mask actually does you know where it kind of helps him to be able to function without being in pain and kind of makes him numb to pain so he has kind of like the strength and stuff so i just i i may have missed it the second time around but uh that's the only thing i kind of bugged me was the fact of they don't go into that and the only reason i knew about it is because of the interviews and stuff like that but otherwise though uh bane's fantastic in this film great villain tom hardy does an excellent job 
of uh, portraying the character with his eyes and his body language. Uh, just phenomenal. I thought he did an excellent job. Now, um, getting back to the story here, I thought it was a little bit interesting with Wayne Manners, uh, with Wayne Enterprises, you know, that they made Bruce broke, you know, to, to see Wayne Enterprise crumbling was kind of a shocker. I was like, seriously, you're going to take away all of his money? Uh, but, uh, you know, it was, it was really definitely an interesting twist. And, and the whole Batman disappearing from Gotham, people have problems with, I, I've been reading. Here's my thought process on this, okay? You know... Um, you would disappear too if, uh, you know, you had everybody after you and you almost had nothing to live for. You know, that's the whole point. Alfred's trying to tell him, you know, you're alive, but you're not living. You know, he's in such a depression state of losing Rachel and, uh, his whole symbol has basically been flushed down the toilet. Everything is just a lie. So of course the dude's going to be an ultimate, uh, you know, ultimate, depression i get the fact of people are a little upset because you know we only got to see batman in action for like a year and a half uh maybe two years tops and then he's gone for eight years but here's the thing you know bruce wayne is in such horrible shape i mean i i actually uh watched this uh video on youtube where it was at comic-con and they had a real life uh doctor say that if you were really batman for real how many years could you actually last? And the doctor said that three years for real is how long you would physically last as being Batman due to, and they play around with this when they talk about, you know, cartilage and kneecaps and everything like that. The amount of crap that he goes through day in and day out to be Batman, physically only somebody could be Batman for three to four years. So I have no problem with the fact of they really kind of put Bruce you know, make him crippled and does kind of put him in a background, but in the way they don't, you know, uh, it's just to remind you of, uh, you know, the guy, he's human. He has, uh, he has weaknesses, you know, and he, he's got nothing to live for. And Batman will eventually, uh, be his reason to live again. Uh, but hopefully do as Alfred wants, which is to have him have a life and be happy. And uh, but when we get to Wayne Enterprises, though, you know, you find out it's crumbling uh, after Bruce invested um, with uh, with the board member Randa Tate. She has this clean energy project, which is designed to harness fusion power. But uh, when Bruce finds out that the core can be modified to become a nuclear weapon, he shuts the program down, which is essentially what starts the downhill spiral of Wayne Enterprises losing the money. So at first I didn't get that. It took two times, but I'm like, oh, okay, I got it. Now, Blake, uh, he actually figures out Bruce's Batman, which a lot of people have a problem with this. Um, I go along with it, but I totally understand the frustration that, yeah, just by the way you did your fake smile, I could totally tell that you were Batman. Okay, so Miranda Tate. Now, I do have to admit she is no doubt about it the most uh, kind of useless character in the film, but not really. I mean, obviously, um, I had heard rumors that she was supposed to be uh, Ra's al Ghul's daughter, Talia uh, al Ghul. 
But uh, I kind of forgot about those. So it was actually a surprise for me at the end when she was revealed. But I I just kind of thought it was weird that she starts sleeping around with Bruce. I was like, okay, that was kind of weird. I mean, I do get the fact of they do mention that they've they've known each other for a while. She's actually a board member of uh, Wayne Enterprises, which obviously uh, she wants to be so she can take Bruce's money away and just kind of cripple him. And the way to do that is to take out his business. Uh, I get that. But uh, it just seemed kind of weird that uh, they were just kind of one minute just kissing and then sleeping. But here's what's cool. Uh, my friend David Vox Mullen actually pointed this out. That uh, if you after she gets up, if you look in the on her scar on her back, uh, that's actually given to her by Bruce. Uh, it makes perfect sense. You know, this all comes into play. She's part of the League of Shadows. She would have been in the League of Shadows at the time that Bruce would have been training because Ra's al Ghul is her father. So when uh, that time when Bruce has to go find Ra's al Ghul, and uh, or at the time he was, you know, he was Ducard, but that's the time where he has the hallucinogen and he starts to cut the ninjas uh, to give the mark so it looks like he's bleeding. Well, they only show him cut one of the arms because this cut is actually kind of upper back lower shoulder and he obviously cut three people they only show it once and uh, i'm sure he didn't do an exact precision on every time so actually she was she obviously knew who bruce was which was the whole point of the plan so when you realize that later it's kind of cool that she's like in the background the whole time and really she's the one pulling the strings which, you know, how do you feel about that? Because in Batman and Robin, they have Poison Ivy pulling the strings for Bane. But it's done so much better this time around. Because Bane, is uh, he's not in love with her like, uh, like it's his wife. It's like his sister, you know, because they do talk about, you know, they, they throw you off thinking that Bane is the one that escaped. But there was really two babies that actually was born in, in the pit, and uh, and obviously Bane would have been born first and then became the protector of Talia. And then you obviously see her escape, which they do a really good job of making you think it's a boy, which was kind of nice. But it, it was bad because of the fact of you hated Bane the whole time. And then when you get to the end of the film and you see, you know, his side of the story and you see the emotion, he starts crying. You're like, damn it. Now I actually have sympathy for this bad guy. It's like, oh, it was such a it was such a good moment because you're just like, man, I hate this guy. How can I actually have any compassion for this guy whatsoever? And then, of course, he gets up and. He's about ready to kill Bruce again. And then, you know, Selena comes in and, and shoots him with the Bat Pod, which obviously he's dead. If the Bat Pod can flip and shoot a hole through buildings and through walls and rocks, obviously a shot to his chest, the dude's going to be dead. Okay? No doubt about it, Bane is dead. Anybody who questioned that, I just wanted to give you a heads up. He is definitely dead. So when we get back to uh, when we get back to the story, you know, after we find out about the whole uh, clean energy project, the nuclear weapon, uh, and then we find out Blake realizes Batman's true identity, which, yeah, you know, you smiled a certain way, and I figured it out. Whatever, the movie's long enough; we don't want to spend any longer than this. But Blake knows who Bat who Bruce is, and then uh, you know he wants Batman to return. So Bane. What he does is he attacks the stocks exchange and he bankrupts Bruce. Now, the only problem I have with this scene is why couldn't Bruce say, hey, you know, during this time frame, there was obviously Bane held up the stock exchange. The stuff that happened with me 
is crap, but I don't know how the whole stock exchange works. So I guess whatever happens is whatever happens because they do make a line about how it'll all work itself out later. But, you know, due to now, due to today's circumstances, you know, you're basically screwed is what uh, Lucius Fox was telling Bruce about the stock exchange. Uh, but of course, it, it makes Bruce uh, lose control of Wayne Enterprises. So, and of course, Talia's plan is coming right into place. And uh, he suspects that there's this guy, uh, John Daggett, which technically uh, is Bane's, you think is Bane's boss, but really Miranda is the one behind everything. You know, she's got uh, she's got Daggett pretending to be to employ Bane so I, I really like how that works there but in the story it, it comes out where uh, Bruce suspects that his business rival John Daggett uh, employed Bane to aid him in the uh, takeover of his company and then Wayne has to entrust Miranda with the full control of, uh, of the project and, and the whole business in, in her hands to keep it out of Daggett's hands because he knows he's corrupt and then Bane, of course, has other plans, kills Daggett, and takes control of uh, of the of Gotham, man. This is when it starts to become a war movie. Uh, and then, of course, Selina Kyle. I mean, she's a cat burglar. She's not called Catwoman, which is cool. I like the fact that she's just Selina Kyle. She does an awesome job. Those stilettos are awesome. Her outfit's great. I love the sex factor is not sexed up, which is great. You know, normally they're all about let's show the boobs, let's show the ass, let's, you know, show the legs and the tight uh, the tight outfit. But I really like how they how Christopher Nolan shoots her where the only time you really get like a quote unquote sexy shot of her is just when she's on the bat pod and she's traveling. Otherwise, he does a really good job of doing faraway shots. So he's not doing, you know, sexed up. Uh, close-ups of her which I really like I really respect that I thought that was great it gives Selena the respect she needs where you realize that uh, it, like for example the scene where she where she goes in and she just starts screaming like she's all scared and then the moment her face goes back to normal I love that Anne Hathaway just kills it but uh, they show you that, uh, that Selena doesn't have to be the super sexy woman she's very smart she knows what she's doing uh, I really enjoy that and uh, so Selena is a cat burglar uh, and Batman does locate Bane and uh, you find out that Bane is the leader of uh, of the League of Shadows now. He took over Raz- for Ra's al Ghul because you do find out Ra's al Ghul is dead because I did have a theory that he survived at the end uh, of the train because I'm like, hey, if Bruce can get out, Ra's al Ghul can get out because he is the guy that trained him. Uh, and then of course, this is kind of like, there's been a lot of comparisons to Rocky three and I totally see it. You know, the whole, uh, Rocky goes to a fight, but doesn't realize how strong Clubber Lang is. Clubber Lang whoops his ass. And then, uh, he's got to retrain himself to come back, take out Clubber Lang. And then in the, in the process, he loses Mickey, which really, uh, Bruce loses Alfred because Alfred tells Bruce about the letter and to save his life. And then, you know, of course, Bruce fires him. And, and I was really upset with this whole situation. But it's good, though, because if, if Alfred wasn't fired, the dude would have died with all the crap that was going on in Gotham. It's a really good thing that Bruce actually did fire him. It was kind of a blessing in disguise. But, you know, Alfred's trying to warn 
concern, Bruce, that you know you're dealing with uh, a guy from hell on earth. You don't really understand the the kind of guy you're dealing with here. Bruce just kind of flushes it off, thinks that he can go confront Bane. So this is Rocky three all over again, really. And and I like it because I like Rocky three. It's good stuff. But let's talk about this fight. There's something that I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, and something that the podcasts that I've been listening to don't point out. Can we talk about how? The grunting and and just the the energy that Bruce is putting into this fight against Bane. I mean, he's like screaming every time he throws a punch. He's just he's just growling and he's and he's just huffing and he's puffing. He's just you could just see with every punch he's losing more and more energy. And I love that it shows you just based on his sound uh, how much of a struggle he's having against Bane. He thinks that he's got Bane figured out. And he really does it. So I just love that. Uh, immediately that resonated with me in the theater when I'm just like, man, listen to Bruce. He's just he's just trying so hard and Bane just keeps coming, man. He's like a freight train and he won't stop. Oh, so good. So uh, I absolutely love that. Uh, and then, of course, um, I was kind of suspecting his back would get broken. But, uh, man, when, when he's lifting him up in the air, I'm like, oh, it's the comics all over again. And then he breaks his back. My heart just sank into my hands. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Seriously? You did it? How's, how's it going to, you know, how's this going to happen? Because, you know, I didn't think John Blake was Asriel. And Asriel is a, is a douche. And, and John Blake seems really cool. How are you going to pull this off? But, uh, but yeah, you find out it's uh, due to a vertebrae. Uh, it just needs to be put back in. And, man, when that guy is putting his, his vertebrae back in you can, and you just see the pain on Christian Bale's face, I mean, it really looked like his back was really, like, that really happened to him. And he knows exactly what it feels like. But it's just, it's an incredible scene. There's only two fight scenes. There's that scene. And then, of course, uh, there's the final battle scene. But yeah, man, it's just, it's so good. So, so Batman gets crippled and he gets placed in the prison, uh, which escape is obviously impossible. And I love this. This is where we get the chanting, my favorite chants from the score of the film, which I, I've been playing uh, throughout the podcast. You can, you can hear it, but it's flipping amazing. You hear it in the trailers and stuff, but the chanting stands for rise. The other inmates, uh, they try to tell the story of how Razo Ghul's child was the only person through uh, necessity and sheer force of will, was ever able to escape the prison. Now, uh, a lot of people, they, they just say child. They don't actually say boy or girl. As far as I know of, I may have missed it, but as far as I remember, they only say child. So they, they do throw you off to where you think it's Bane, but uh, when you find out it's Talia, they didn't lie and say it was a boy. They just said child. So I'm cool with that. If they do say boy uh, or girl, I may have missed it. I swear they just said child. So, but like I said, so much happens. It's just you have to watch this, you know, repeated viewings. Uh, but, uh, you know, Batman uh, believes that uh, the child grew up to be Bane because he has like this really weird vision. I thought uh, when Liam Neeson shows up, I thought he was really alive, but it's really a vision. It's all in his head because I'm like, OK, how did he disappear? But it's just all in his head. He kind of puts it together. Oh, the child's got to be Bane. So while while Bruce is in there, 
you see, you know, this is where I was talking about how you get excited when Batman shows up for the first time. Uh, that's where it gets real exciting because um, I didn't mention this before, but he uses this uh, knee brace, this electronic knee brace to, to fix his knee. So that way he can walk and doesn't need the cane no more, but it also helps him kick better and stuff. Well, one of the complaints I heard is... Well, he, how is it when his back gets broken, all of a sudden his leg is fixed as well? They don't show Bruce's clothes being stripped. So really, uh, he probably had the brace on the whole time he was in the jail. So they don't actually show that. So you can't say he did or didn't have it. I mean, in all reality, I truly believe he had the brace on the whole time, which is why he was able to walk. Obviously, getting paralyzed didn't fix that, but that's been one of the complaints I heard. So I did want to address that. I do honestly think Bruce still has the brace on his knee because they don't show him, obviously, naked or anything like that. So Bane probably didn't even realize he had it on. Uh, on his knee so or if he did notice he probably didn't care because he knew bruce wouldn't be able to walk again anyways so might as well just leave it there uh but uh you know bruce has to basically sit back and watch gotham be destroyed so this is why when bruce actually gets out of the uh of the you know this this prison it's and then you see the return of batman again it's like yeah it's like the return of batman you know for the second time so it's awesome uh but you see you know bane he lures most of the gotham police uh underground you think it's all of them and a lot of people have thought it's all of them they're like well no police is gonna go underground well here's the thing they do throw they do a throwaway line how they say well uh, the other police have been captured or been killed. So not every single police officer has been underground, but the majority of them make it underground uh, because they set off an explosion across the city that traps the officers and then it turns Gotham into an isolated city. Uh, now they're in there for about five months, so obviously I would think they'd look a lot nastier and dirtier looking. Uh, obviously they're getting food and water at some point, but I would think though that when they did finally come out that they would look a lot nastier or be a lot more sluggish than they are. But adrenaline does a lot of things to you, so... And like I said, uh, it could be a problem for you or you could just go along with it. I go along with it. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't bother me one bit. So, um, so like I said, uh, we have the police officers trapped, uh, and then any attempt to leave this city is going to result in the detonation, uh, of the, uh, of the fusion core because they tell you, you know, basically, uh, Bane gets that, uh, core. Remember the guy in the beginning of the film where they put the DNA in that, uh, in that guy. Well, it, that's the guy that can actually activate, the uh, nuclear warhead or you know the nuclear bomb and then that's why bane kills him later he needed that guy to be able to activate it because bane couldn't do it himself so they wanted you to think that that guy died and that's why they transferred the blood in the beginning i was confused by that i had to see it for the second time to fully understand that so uh so bane actually uh you know publicly reveals that the whole cover-up of dent uh, what happened and because of the fact of they find out the whole dent act is fake it's a you know bane of course releases all the prisoners in Blackgate prison that were put away because of the dent act so now we have like civil war uh, going on so the rich and the powerful 
are are forced out of their home and they're brought they're brought before uh, like a trial uh, because Bane is essentially here's the thing a lot of people say well this guy has no charisma why would you follow this guy you know like the Joker you would follow the Joker but you wouldn't follow Bane two things with Bane number one he's scary as hell so the guy could totally rip your head off in an instant number two he is the leader of the League of Shadows okay. No, I mean, technically, Miranda Tate is, you know, but everybody knows that Bane is the, you know, is the main guy of the League of Shadows. So you don't mess with that guy, okay? You're going to go along with whatever he says. Now, uh, you know, the guards are just happy to be released. They're going to do whatever this guy says because, hey, this is the guy that broke me out. I'm going to follow whatever this guy says, and I get to take out the rich, and I get to live wherever I want. Hell, yeah, I'm going to do what this guy says. So that's the kind of thing you got to realize. This guy does have charisma, uh, and his charisma isn't Joker charisma. Uh, like funny, you know, he's so cool charisma. It's I'm scared to death of you. Uh, I'm going to do whatever you say kind of charisma. So uh, so like I said, the rich and powerful, uh, they're brought before this trial, which of course cameo appearance by um, Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Scarecrow, Chillian uh, Murphy. It was great seeing him back. He was rough looking, man. I loved it. It was like, hey, you get to see an eight-year version of Jonathan Crane. He was funny. Good times. I really loved the whole, uh, your sentence is death by exile. It's just so good. Uh, so Bruce finally recovers from his injuries, uh, and you don't realize how long it is until there's a throwaway line like, hey, those guys have been under there for five months, because all of a sudden it starts snowing, and you're like, what the hell? Why is it snowing all of a sudden? And then you realize, oh, okay, I get it. It's supposed to take place uh, a couple months later. To, so like I said, this movie's so long, it's got to try to flow as fast as it can. But anyways, the snow is there. I love the snow effect. You know, we had snow in Batman Returns, but it was all, you know, it was wasn't done very awesome this movie it's done fantastic i love the whole winter snow it's great okay so the bruce escape man i flipping love this this scene had me so pumped up man i was out of my seat i was all clapping when those guys are are doing the rises chant and you see bruce finally recovered from his injuries and and he's able to to do that jump and it because you see him mess you see him miss so many times it's like yeah yeah that's awesome i was just so pumped up for that scene uh and let's not forget later on when he does the light the light the fire and then it turns into the bat symbol oh man it's so flipping good and then bane's like how can that be you know i thought it was broken i love that it's great uh but when we see bruce come back it's great. He escapes the the penitentiary, which I was a little bit confused why he throws the rope down there. I thought maybe, hey, uh, he's getting he's rescuing the other guys, but obviously he's got to be able to get back to Gotham. So he probably off screen use some of those guys to get back. So now uh, we see a couple guys uh, that are uh, are helping to you know liberate the city, stop the fusion bomb. One of them's Gordon, Lucius Fox. We have Miranda Tate, uh, and then of course Batman comes back. Uh, and he's able to uh, he's able to whoop whoop Bane, man. We get into the fight. Uh, you know, we got the, the the fight you see in the trailer where all you got the guards and the police going at it. And, and the thing is, uh, Batman uses the bat, the flipping like the flipping flying tumbler. It's flipping awesome, and he uses that to bust open the cops. So obviously, when the cops see that Batman's the one that rescue him, plus they know about the dent act was all fake. 
that's why you don't see the cops arresting Batman and they want to work with them because they know Bane is the real enemy. Uh, but when we get the big fight between Bruce and Batman, uh, I mean, when we get to see Batman and Bane going at it again, at finally, uh, after a couple good hits, uh, which, man, we get to see Bane flip and take out like uh, a wall, man. He just punches it and it starts to to break my wife's like okay there's gotta be some supernatural about him i was like no he just doesn't feel pain that's why he can break that stuff but finally batman gets in a good elbow hit knocks out one of his uh his little things on his mask so he starts to lose part of his uh his uh you know steroid and then he's like ah you know he finally got a weak point and what's really cool is he throws the line back at him because you know uh, Bruce had asked him if, uh, you know, why didn't you just kill me? And he says, when Gotham becomes ashes, you have my permission to die. And then Batman throws it back on him and he's screaming at him. Like, you know, like how he's screaming at the Joker in the dark night. Where is she? Where are they? Where are they? Well, he's screaming at Bane about where the bomb is. And then he says, you know, after I find out where the bomb is, then you have my permission to die. Which is awesome. Now, that doesn't mean Batman's going to kill him. That just means that he knows that Bane's about ready to die. And then he can have his permission to, to die. But then you get uh, you get Bane, Batman stabbed, man. You're like, what the hell? You find out that uh, Miranda Tate uh, reveals herself to be Talia al Ghul, which most people were like, duh, of course. But me, I was stupid. I didn't know that. I was like, wow. And the cool thing is my wife... Uh, being playing the Batman Arkham Asylum games and the Batman City Arkham City games, she's learned who these characters are, and she really likes Talia Al Ghul. So immediately she knew who these characters were. So as soon as she stabbed Batman, she's like, "Hey, it's Talia." So that was cool. My wife actually picked it up before I did, which was pretty awesome. And uh, and she explains that she's the one that escaped as a child. She returned with her father. Uh, and the League of Shadows to rescue Bane because Bane is the one uh, that, uh, you know, was her protector. And then, uh, you know, you find out how Bane got jacked up because he helped to um, get Miranda out. And, of course, that explains, because he's so jacked up, that explains why he has to wear the mask. But uh, he actually they talk about Bane being extradited, you know, kicked out of the League of Shadows by uh by Ra's al Ghul. Well, the reason why is not because he was a bad student. It's because his memories, he couldn't stand the memories of seeing Bane because, you know, his whole wife uh, and child were locked up in there and, and he was a constant reminder of that. So that's why he got rid of Bane, which I didn't pick up until uh, the second time through. So like I said, there's a lot of stuff you really got to pay attention to. But uh, Talia goes on to explain that uh, she is going to complete her father's work. So obviously, you know, Batman begins. Full circle comes into play. She's going to destroy Gotham. She's going to avenge the death, uh, you know, of her father because of what Bruce Wayne did. Uh, and then Gordon, uh, in the meantime, he's trying to block the bomb's ability to remote detonate. But, of course, after Talia explains who she is, then, you know, Bane is going to basically kill Batman. And then Selina Kyle comes in uh, with the uh, with the Batpod. Uh, which was awesome because, you know, those two working together were was flipping amazing. And she's like, you know, about this whole gun thing. Because, you know, when he first meets up with her, he's like, no, no killing, no guns. And then she has the joke of, you know, this whole guns thing. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to work for me. So obviously she takes out Bane. Uh, and then Batman tries to force Talia to take the bomb to the fusion chamber uh, where it can be stabilized. But she uh, she floods the chamber. So at this point, I thought Lucius Fox was dead. Uh, but Talia dies 
based on you know getting shot uh, in her truck that had crashed. Well, it actually crashed crashes off the road. So I guess that's really how she died. I, I kind of forget if she got shot, but I'm pretty sure she died due to the accident. Uh, but she's confident that the bomb can't be stopped. So of course, uh, you know, Batman. He there's only like two minutes left. And he decides that he's going to sacrifice himself and he's going to haul the bomb uh, beyond the city limits and he's going to detonate it over the ocean. What's really cool is, uh, you know, Commissioner. he tells Commissioner Gordon, which I always knew when Batman Begins, the scene where Commissioner Gordon puts his coat around Bruce, that that would come into play again. And it does because that's how Batman tells Commissioner Gordon that he's Bruce Wayne by explaining that scene which was pretty awesome so I'm like oh my gosh they're gonna kill Batman I mean my heart is just sinking it's in my my heart's in my in my hands I'm just like I'm crying I'm like oh my gosh Batman's gonna die but what's the ultimate sacrifice I mean this totally saves Gotham and then uh and then it blows up man it's like oh my gosh Batman's dead so while I'm watching this I'm thinking to myself geez Louise can Batman, I mean, Batman's dead, but, uh, you know, did Bruce make it? I'm just like, uh, there's, I don't know how they're going to pull it off, but, you know, this is the way you're going to end the legend. Might as well, you know, that's how you're going to end the legend. Uh, but, uh, you know, Batman gets praised as the hero, uh, and they presume that Bruce Wayne got killed during the riots. Uh, there's this funeral, and you see Alfred there crying. Uh, he comes back, and he's just like, you know, I'm so sorry, I failed you. And then uh, you do find out that the whole Bruce is just completely broke, but he does leave his house to the orphanages, to the orphan kids, which is where Blake is from. And then, uh, like, uh, Bruce leaves this uh, this co- coordinates for, for Blake, uh, you know. And, of course, Blake wants to reveal Batman's true identity to the world as a tribute to Bruce. But Gordon reminds him that uh, it's best left as a mystery to be, you know, uninformed that it was the Batman that saved him, which was pretty cool. Uh, and then Gordon later finds that the bat signal has been repaired, which is pretty awesome because you're just like, okay, uh, how did that get repaired? Which obviously Bruce did because really what he's doing is he's setting up for Blake to take over for him. Uh, they have this, uh, this Wayne estate, uh, you know, is divided up in t- to cover up any debts. Uh, but like I said, you know, the due to, um, the orphanage, well, the manor is actually in the city's possession, so they use it as an, like uh, a rest home for the orphanages, which is really cool, and then the rest of everything goes to Alfred. Uh, but at one point, uh, Lucius Fox finds out that because the whole time the autopilot was broken in the bat, uh, and then Fox is so devastated just trying to ask the guys, okay, what could... You know, what could I have done to fix the autopilot? And then they tell him, hey, well, hey, the autopilot was fixed six months ago. And you're like, what? And then uh, and then we get the dream because during the fight, Alfred explains to Bruce that uh, his dream, he never wanted Bruce to come back to Gotham. He wanted him to to be, you know, uh, happy and be with the family. Uh, and he talks about being at this restaurant in Italy. So what happens is, is at some point, uh, Batman got out of the bat, put it on autopilot, uh, and, and obviously let the 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 bat go about six miles because it's a six mile radius of the bomb, and uh, and he managed to to come back to Gotham, uh, grab Selina, 
because they have this whole like um, software that lets them start their life over their life over again. That's something she's been wanting this whole entire movie is to get her hands on the software. So obviously, her and Bruce. It was so awesome seeing Bruce and uh, Bruce and Selena together. It was so great. But what I'm what I'm trying to get at is that Alfred gets his dream. He's at that restaurant. He looks up. He sees Bruce. Bruce smiles and he smiles and you see Selena with Bruce. So it's so awesome because part of the thing is that Alfred said we wouldn't actually say anything to one another. We would just look at each other, smile and know that everything's great. Everything's happy. And then after that happens, uh, we see um, we see Blake uh, enter into the back cave and then it goes up and you're just like, you know, he, he could either be Robin Nightwing or Batman. However you take it, because they say his legal name is Robin. Uh, but he knows Batman is such a symbol. So really he's supposed to, he could be the new Batman. So, and it's left ambiguous. So you could figure out your own way. So it was a fantastic ending. I absolutely loved it. Uh, some of the great things that I absolutely loved, uh, that just totally stood out for me. Okay. Uh, I mentioned before, I love the bat symbol, the fire bat symbol. That was flipping awesome. Uh, so flipping good. Now I love the line where uh, where Catwoman disappears on Batman because he's trying to talk to her about her helping him. She disappears and he just says, so that's what it feels like. I was flipping priceless, man. I was rolling, laughing, flipping great. Now, obviously, uh, I, you know, I'm trying to go off of memory here. Obviously, I didn't have a paper and pen in the theater to write all this crap down. Uh, but I'm just going off of everything. I remember uh, I love the, the fighting uh, with Cat, with uh, Selena and Batman, it looks so good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I love when he's like, no guns, no killing, and then it comes back later to pay off when she kills Bane and just says, yeah, this whole no guns thing, I'm not sure that's going to work. Uh, now, something that I remember, uh, Kevin Smith, uh, you know, I love Kevin Smith, you know, Fat Man of Batman, uh, been promoting that podcast like crazy. A lot of you guys have checked it out. He just recently reviewed The Dark Knight Rises. He flipping cries, which is awesome. But I love his Goodwill Hunting comparison, where you know he talks about how in that movie, that's what actually helped uh, help Ben and Matt uh, sell the screenplay. Because when he read the scene about how, you know what, you know what I look forward to when I knock on your house and I think uh, just for a moment that you're not going to answer because you, you just went on to, to go do your own thing. And then at the end that happens. Uh, and that's the scene that made him cry in the bathroom when, when he read it. And he's like, the same thing happens here. You know, the whole Alfred, you know, this is my dream. I hope one day it happens and then it happens at the end. I mean, it was, I love it. The whole ending, I flippin' love because Alfred, I was pissed when Batman died because i'm like oh my gosh bruce didn't was not able to make up with with alfred and i was so devastated and then to see the fact of alfred got his dream and he ended up with selena was just fantastic uh i flipping loved it i thought it was great so overall guys uh i gotta say i love this film um i cannot wait to watch it again it's definitely one you have to watch over and over again. Uh, I think I could easily flip these movies. I could watch. I, I think Batman Begins is my favorite. I think The Dark Knight's my favorite. I think The Dark Knight Rises is my favorite. But for right now, Dark Knight Rises is in my top spot. It's the one I want to watch over the other two. Uh, I love this trilogy. It's fantastic. 
Uh, Back to the Future is one of my favorite trilogies. Die Hard 1, 2, and 3 I love. Die Hard 3 I absolutely love. Die Hard 3 is actually my favorite of the series. Uh, It it flips between number 2, but I just part 3 is so funny with Samuel L. Jackson. But for me, uh, you know, The Dark Knight Rises, for me, I loved it. It's great. For those of you that, that don't like it, uh, that that's fine. Uh, I know you have your valid reasons. That's great for me. Uh, I just, you know, I, I told you the reasons why I didn't have, uh, why I loved it so much. And, uh, any plot holes that so far, the plot holes that I think I've had, I've been able to find the answers to. So, so that's, that's what I got guys. I really enjoyed it. I really loved it. I, I hope you did too. And uh, and that is it, guys, for our Batman retrospective. I can't believe it's done. It's been great. It's been fun. So uh, so let's end this and find out what the what the STL Nation had to say. All right, guys. So our first email comes from Anthony at Epic Emailer. What's up, sir? Thanks so much for writing in. Always a great time to hear from you. He's like, hello, Masunas. Already mentioned this in my email to Flix Podcast, but I wish to give my thoughts concerning the Colorado Theater shooting that happened on the opening night of the movie. Doesn't matter what excuse the person gives. There's no reason for what he did. Whatever punishment he gets is only a small thing uh, in what he truly deserves. I agree 100% with you, sir. On to the movie, Dark Knight Rises. What a movie that was truly amazing. Although the previous two movies uh, were done incredibly and Nolan hasn't really done a bad film, I still wasn't sure if it could match, uh, let alone top the first two movies. Glad to see that he didn't disappoint. The time skip between the two movies got me by surprise, but quickly got I got over it and thought it was a good way to go considering how they were going to take things. All the returning cast continued during uh, doing a good job in their characters and like that none and I like that none of the ones uh, that were absent in the film. And I like that none of the ones that were absent in this film. Uh, photos, flashbacks notwithstanding, were forgotten and that they still had some importance, which I agree with you, sir. I mean, everybody, uh, in a way, kind of took a back seat, but they were all forefront at the same time. It was really good balance. Maybe it's just me, but I think that Michael Caine as Alfred was one of the cornerstones of this trilogy, which, of course, he's definitely the backbone. Uh, Could be considered somewhat overshadowed by the other actors, but in a way, he was one of the the cornerstones in the series and couldn't help uh, but be on his side with anything he said or did. Probably the only other movie he uh, did that comes close to this performance here is Jaws the Revenge. (laughs) That was a complete joke. Uh, I hear you, sir. Did you know he's never even seen that film? Uh, He actually lost an award because he... Uh, I think he was making it and he lost an or something like that, but it, that's funny. Uh, he's like, the new characters did a great job in putting themselves into this film. Perhaps the Miranda Tate slash Talia al Ghul is somewhat of the weakest of them, which is true because she she isn't in the film very long. Uh, she's kind of like... Kind of, she's not really flushed out too well. I do agree with you on that for sure. Uh, is someone of the weakest of them, and although did good with what she was given, the twist involving her was thrown in just to cause surprise uh, when it was a reveal. Uh, with while the character did have a reason to be in part of the movie, uh, but thought that perhaps more setup could have been done before the reveal. But then again, almost three hours. How much more? 
build-up could you do to this character? Uh, was likely in the majority of people when having concerns about Bane would be portrayed, especially since there were complaints about it being difficult to hear what he was saying. Thankfully, my concerns were gone as they resolved the voice issue and made the character seem like a legitimate threat, and he's someone who could practically do anything he wanted anytime he wanted. Uh, out of the new characters, my favorite would be Joseph Gordon-Levitt as John Blake. He worked well with all the characters and was able to hold a scene when it was him as the main focus. I like that at the end of the movie, it was left open that if another was done, he could possibly be the one of the main heroes. Which, yeah, they do a DC you know, Universe movie. Uh, he could be the new Batman. That would be pretty cool. Doesn't matter that it went nearly three hours. I was entertained throughout and it didn't feel like it was dragging. While I would love to see another movie continue uh, from this series, I think it's best that it ends here before it becomes stagnant and repetitive. No question this movie clearly gets a 5 out of 5. Can't wait to hear what you do with this movie even though I'm sure that it will be favorable. That's all my emails. So until next time, see you. Anthony Epic Emailer. So thank you, sir, so much for writing in always great time to hear from you sir and uh in our next email comes from a, a good old fellow listener who hasn't wrote in, in a while uh good old steve aka stone cold austin rogers what is up sir uh he goes hey mike listening to kevin smith's fat man a batman podcast and kevin uh makes some uh really interesting parallels first the cafe scene with uh, alfred seems very much like jason's boy alfred uh ben affleck's final scene in goodwill hunting which i touched on uh you know earlier chucky says to uh, will how he wants to see the day when will doesn't answer the door because chucky will know that will has gotten out of his life and uh one of the last scenes is chucky waiting for will and realizes that will isn't going to answer the door the other parallel is batman versus uh bane arc of the film kind of resembles rocky versus clumber lang from rocky 3 which yeah uh i've heard that from uh kevin smith and uh from another place and then i i, I totally agree with that statement uh here in which of course is why i brought it up hero uh has the hero has been soft here is a tougher meaner opponent uh, that the hero has to refocus and rededicate himself to uh, to beat. Anyway, just throwing that out there. Very satisfied ending to this particular version of the character Bruce Wayne. Although why um, although why would you why wouldn't you be interested in DC continuing this universe in uh, a comic book form, a la Smallville season eleven? Uh, thanks so much, um, Steve Rogers. Hey, uh, to answer your question on that. My only thought process, I don't have a problem with the whole Blake thing, but Bruce and Selena uh, got away. They kind of started their life together, so you couldn't have the Bruce Wayne Batman continue in the Smallville universe. Bruce is done. He's finally found, uh, he, he's done the inspiration he needed to. Gotham has their symbol. He's done being Batman. He physically can't do it no more. He's happy because he has Selena. And, uh, and John Blake would continue on. I'd have no problem with that. That was what I was getting at is due to the ending of this, it, it, it couldn't work. Uh, and if it did work, uh, well, if it did happen, I'd be very interested to see how that, uh, that would have worked. So, so thank you, sir, so much for writing. It's been a while since I heard from you. So thanks again for writing in. Hope you continue to write in, sir. Always a good time. And, uh, and our next email comes from uh, Sebastian, the, uh, the internationalist. That's what he's calling himself now, which I like that because Sebastian, he's a big lover of the foreign films. So uh, that's cool. I, I like your nickname, sir. Good job. He says, hello, my name is uh, Bane Podcast, which, you know, of course, he's got to throw in his comedic 
name of the podcast, which is always a good time. He said, this is Sebastian with my thoughts on The Dark Knight Rises. I would rate this as a 4.75 star out of 5. You just have to marvel at how Nolan interweaves the characters, the twists, the turns, the reveals are all top notch. The magnitude of the despair is woven into character development is impressive. Christian Bale's inner conflict to uh, reconcile desire to help beloved city versus a longing to live a normal life is done well the cast is great as always the story is tight with some tiny cracks in it and i like the callbacks to the previous two batman movies this is sebastian internationalist signing off uh thanks sebastian uh made some good points there sir appreciate uh appreciate your thoughts and uh and our final email comes from john the mailman what is up sir uh great to have you right in he's like hello mike uh i went to the three batman movie marathon watching rises at midnight which that's flipping awesome sir uh after a long day's work i was worried about not being able to stay awake the whole time so i watched the begins and took uh, a two 10 minute power nap during the dark night then i had an energy drink a mailman's got to do what a mailman's got to do so first off hathaway was so good didn't think she had it in her but she killed the role hardy was pretty good and gordon levitt was very good as well all others brought their a game too i gave it a four and a half out of five and it's a great way to end the nolan batman i'm going to be different and state something i have questions about because i'm pretty sure you'll get a lot of quote-unquote love emails so my first question uh, i had some trouble seeing batman uh slash bruce stop interacting with the world because of death uh that's why he became batman superhero one-on-one uh can't save everyone uh in regards to that i kind of touched on that a little bit but it's more of the whole feeling like a failure you know uh he lost against the joker he lost harvey dent and now he is based on a lie so his whole symbol has been ruined He's lost Rachel. So really, he's in complete depression mode in all reality. So it, it makes perfect sense to me. So hopefully that, that kind of sheds a little light uh, on your first one. Number two, uh, he let his family name and business fall. Not my Bruce and not this Bruce. Kane put that in our heads and begins. I agree with you. Um, I think this is just the consequence you pay. Uh, unfortunately, if you're a depressed individual, uh, and not, there's nothing wrong with being depressed. Uh, you know, uh, if it's just a chemical imbalance in your brain. And that's not saying that uh, Bruce Wayne uh, has uh, depression and then he has a chemical imbalance. But I'm just saying in general, uh, and I'm very familiar uh, with this because I have uh, people very close to me that suffer with depression. I know exactly how it works. I know how you have to take your medication. I know what happens if you don't take your medication. And I do know that... Uh, uh, due to the the chemical imbalance that uh, you let you sleep all day, uh, some things just kind of you know a day could go by, two get two days could go by. So due to his deep depression, whether it be chemical imbalance or not, uh, it would make perfect sense due to those horrible things of Joker winning, Dent dying, Rachel dying, and him losing everything he's built up for as a symbol gone. I could see him just being in a depression and not giving a care. So that's kind of my thought process on your number two. Number three, Bane ended up uh, being another puppet. He is his own man, head of his own group of men, takes orders from no one, and at times I had trouble hearing him. Uh, I agree with you, uh, but the whole puppet thing is more of a partnership, I think. You know, they both have worked together since they've been kids. So it's more of a mutual relationship 
partnership than I think it is she's his boss. You know, they love each other, uh, which, you know, again, that scene was just very with the whole him crying and everything was just like, damn it. Now you're making me like the villain, you know. So I, to me, it's a partnership. It's not her having uh, having him, you know, be her puppet. It's kind of how I look at it. Uh, number four, the six months of him getting better from his back was done. Okay, I didn't care for the jumps, six months, two months, 23 days, and before you knew it, 16 hours. Uh, he did the six-year training and begins better and would be nice to see that type of filming again. I can't argue with that, sir. I think that was just what Nolan wanted to do, but I know the jumps can be kind of confusing. But I think after second or third viewing, I think you'll think, I, I believe you'll feel it'll flow a lot better. The first time around, you're just trying to get everything. The second time around, you put things together that you missed the first time. And the third time around, you're enjoying everything because you know what to expect. So I think the third viewing, you're not going to have any problem with that. That's just that's kind of how I think it'll go. Number five, I didn't like uh, Gordon Levitt walking in on Bruce and telling him he knows who he is just because of the fake smile. I mean, it was a nice story, but no, can't, uh, can't out Bruce like that, which... I don't have no argument there, sir. Number six, uh, I didn't trust Cal. Um, uh, I didn't trust Talia uh, or Miranda the whole movie, and wasn't surprised by the reveal. Not the movie's fault. Darn that Batman knowledge of mine. Uh, no argument there, sir. I'm I'm glad. You know, for me, I'm happy I didn't get spoiled, but I could see it being totally frustrating and pissing you off, knowing that you see that coming a mile away. Uh, that's all. But I uh, but I did love it. I can't wait to see it again. Maybe you can fix some of my problems. I love when Hathaway disappears and Batman was like, "So that's what it feels like." Uh, have a great show, John the Mailman. Consider this email delivered. So thank you guys so much for writing in. Uh, I really appreciate it, and uh, thank you to. Uh, Thank you guys so much for just all your support uh, through everything. You guys are amazing. Love you guys. You guys are great. Uh, definitely make the podcast worth doing. So that is it, guys, for the review. We are finally done. Uh, five weeks out. We are done with the Batman series. Uh, this, just so you know, the whole series stuff, it's going to be done for a while. I'm putting it on the back burner. I'm just going to be doing a bunch of one-offs from now on, uh, at least for a while going to test things out as far as the voting process goes to give you kind of an idea it's going to be more of a theme based kind of like taking two movies that kind of coincide with one another say a a bounty hunter movie or maybe a particular uh, actor uh, taking two of his or her movies voting it essentially um, i'll post the two movies up in the board and say okay i want you to vote you have so many days and the winner of this is the next week's movie that we'll be doing. So uh, there's this podcast I really love. It's called uh, Yeah, It's That Bad. Kind of taking a part of their playbook, kind of borrowing it, stealing it, whatever. Uh, I really like how they do that. So it's just to get more interaction, but more details on that in later episodes. So that is it, guys, for the review. Thanks so much for writing in, guys. Let's get to the music spotlight. All right, guys, music spotlight time. I got a very special music spotlight for you. Now, uh, for the past uh, couple weeks, roughly about five, we have uh, we've been doing the summer music spotlight series. 
And uh, and I'm going to be changing it up just for this week uh, since this is the last of the Batman films. And I've had this has been by far my favorite series that I've ever done for the show. Uh, I think I've put the most heart, passion, uh, everything into these into these reviews. Uh, it's been a blast. And uh, and I'm going to end it on uh, on two special Batman songs. Now, uh, the these uh, the first song you've already heard before. However, this is very, very special. Uh, this is Kiss from a Rose, which you heard on the Batman Forever. However, this has been remade by 12 Stones. Uh, I recently put out uh, there was uh, there was a feed, uh, you know, feed the hungry campaign where you donate three dollars and you got uh, every single album 12 Stones has ever released. You got unreleased tracks, which would be Kiss from a Rose. And it would be um, a couple, you know, rarity songs, so about thirteen. So you got a crap load of music for like three bucks, and uh, and they redid "Kiss from a Rose," and the song is phenomenal. I, I dare say that this version is better than the Seal version. It's flipping amazing, uh, unbelievable. I love this song. I hope you guys dig it. Uh, I know it's weird to play a Batman Forever song on the Dark Knight Rises, but. It's rock and roll, so it's totally different, and uh, it's a very rare song. I hope you dig it. I love it. And then the last one uh, is uh, I'm going to end this uh, whole entire series with the song completely dedicated and made for Batman. Uh, it's Daughtry's Drown in You. This song was made for the Batman Arkham City soundtrack. Uh, this is the perspective of, uh, of Batman working in Gotham City, and it kind of makes perfect sense. Uh, based on the the overall feel and flow of the movie about how he doesn't want to drown, uh, drown in the city of Gotham and drown not necessarily water but drown in uh, drown in everything he's doing and it's an amazing song. Uh, it was my last year's on the top ten movies and music of 2011. It was my number one song and uh, it's got an amazing guitar solo. It's fantastic. So you can pick this song up on the Batman Arkham City soundtrack. And it's the perfect way to end this series with two amazing Batman songs. Fantastic. And then when we come back for the next episode, uh, we'll get back to the Summer Music Spotlight series. So just be on a heads up. Uh, I'll be coming back in about two or three weeks and doing some cool as ice. And I will post that movie up for you on the STL uh, YouTube page. I'll send you guys the link on the main Facebook page and in the group. So uh, please check it out. And uh, I hope you loved the episode. I got a lot of fun fun things planned. I think it's going to be good times. Whether you like Vanilla Ice or you hate Vanilla Ice, it's going to be a blast either way. So guys, uh, thank you so much for, for helping me with this Batman series. We had a lot of great interaction and emails and thoughts. And uh, it was just so good to go down this road again. And, uh, and I think we ended on a high note. I'm very excited and happy. So uh, so that is it, guys. Uh, make sure if you want to write in, it's uh, sweepdelaypodcast.yahoo.com. Don't forget I have another email address that has uh, because the Yahoo one has been working too much. It's stlpodcast at gmail.com. Please follow on Twitter. It's stlpodcast. If you want to go on Facebook, it's www.facebook.com slash sweepdelaypodcast. Don't forget to check out my boys, Jameson and Brian over at Movie Mojo Monthly. Uh, they recently were on Flicks. Uh, unfortunately, um, I was going to kind of go on there and help them with the whole Comic-Con news. However, I was unable to make it due to, you know, my daughter had, uh, you know, I talked about that in the last episode. Uh, but uh, the, overall, it was it was a great episode. Those guys are amazing. Uh, I flipping can't wait 
to uh, to hopefully one day get together and record a, a Sweet the Mojo episode. Of course, you guys know Jason's shows. You know, uh, Batman and Robin was a great hit. A lot of downloads. been fun. Uh, Flicks, Show Me to Winston, Film and Focus, uh, sometimes Crossroads. And then, of course, Shadowy Flight. Uh, I am on there, which is Knight Rider. Go check it out. It's some good times. Don't forget to check out Fat Man on Batman. Kevin Smith, it's the best Batman podcast you're ever going to find. Followed by Batman on Film and uh, and Modern Myth Media. Uh, excellent roundtables on The Dark Knight Rises. Go check those podcasts out. It's good times. So uh, so that's it, guys. I will check you on the next episode. You guys take care. Masunas out.
there's a place where you can light the fire and watch it burn. Lay it down and lose it all. It's taken me so far beyond the point of no return. Gave all that I had when hope was gone. Hope was gone. Is this real or is it just another crazy dream? 